Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Fitter, Healthier Dad podcast, where you can learn how to improve your diet, lose fat, and get fitter in a sustainable and fun way without spending hours in the gym. Here is your host, Darren Kirby. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is the number one podcast for men in their 40s who want to improve their health through nutrition and fitness. This is episode 126, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about blood glucose and how maintaining a stable blood sugar is key to our long-term health. Joining me is Anthony Annabonham, the co-founder of Very, an app which tracks our blood sugar. Anthony started Very following his own health issues. He has experienced firsthand the pain of using poor and ineffective tools, the misinformation and the one-size-fits-all guidance of nutrition. But before we get into the podcast, I want to take a moment to mention the show sponsors, Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens was created by its founder, Chris, after years of gut health issues that left him facing health crises with no solutions in sight. Despite his best efforts to maintain a balanced and nourishing diet, Chris's body struggled to absorb and synthesize nutrients. Chris developed Athletic Greens with a mission of creating the highest efficacy and bioavailable and nutritionally complete supplement to help your body function as it's supposed to, no matter your age or activity level. Hi, Anthony. Thanks very much for joining me on the podcast today. How are you? Very good. Uh, Pleasure to be here, Darren. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks very much for, for coming onto the podcast. And um, yeah, it's a hugely interesting topic, I think, uh, glucose and blood glucose monitoring. But for people that haven't come across you before, Anthony and Very, uh, your company, can you give us a little bit of insight as to how you've got to where you're at today? Absolutely. Um, so personally, I played soccer growing up pretty wholeheartedly. And um, I was injured at the age of 15, which... Okay then I had a lot of issues with, with, with mental health first and then, then with, which followed then to, to physical consequences, so to say. So started, my body wasn't anymore the same uh, athlete body that it, it had used to be, uh, reacted pretty poorly to food, had trouble with, with, with weight management, then started, started gaining weight and was just very lost with, with, with my own health and mm. <clears throat> Uh, that then sparked the interest towards uh, nutrition and human biology. Um, I studied uh, bioinformatics and, and economics in the university of, uh, in Aalto University here in Finland, uh, where I met my co-founder Vern, um, who, who, you know, we built a lot of things together yep. for six years before starting very, but uh, at the time, um, um at at when we when we had <clears throat> we went to work for with a bunch of companies that we knew that were in the forefront of health um yep. so aura aura my co-founder Vern worked for aura before starting very and i was working for uh um meru health uh, that is a yc alumni company based in the bay area um mental mental health therapeutics company so i worked with worked with them, saw the good, bad, and ugly of the U.S. healthcare system. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, I was just super 
drawn into building something in the in the metabolic health space. My co-founder Vern as well shares a very similar type of story with me where he's been diagnosed with ulcer colitis when he was growing up at the age of 15, had a lot of issues with that. Um, but today he's drug free and he's been able to tackle uh, ulcer colitis just with with eating the right foods. Yeah. So, you know, he's our, our inspiration. And um, there's so many things that we could, I guess, the modern modern human could do we're just tackling the root cause of things, which in, in his case and in many people's case is poor nutrition in the sense that we eat weight too much excess. <laughs> like we have an excessive carbohydrate cons- consumption culture um, and um, we are we exercise way too little. And I think we're like very lost in general uh, mm. when it comes to food and nutrition. And I'm happy to talk about that as, as we go. But that's what very was on those circumstances, very was born. So at the time, we were still in uh, the Bay Area, um, building the first version of very to our closest community. And um, very basically was our a tool that we built for ourselves first, Mm -hmm. we wanted to better understand the correlation between glucose and our lifestyle habits at the time. Uh, the sensor like the technology in regards of the applic- of applications available was very poor yeah. uh, there wasn't really any tool to for 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 a non-diabetic first of all to get an access to the sensor mm. but second of all to to be able to <clears throat> link things like food um, on like a ingredient level to your glucose responses or things like exercise or sleep to your glucose levels right so that was the first thing that we built very for to solve but uh, i think very has expanded uh, quite a lot from that but but still it's it's still very much like the same problem that we're trying to solve and that's very same thing that we're trying to help the world understand which is that we very much believe that we need to we need to improve our health and we need to improve our health by looking at the root cause of things. And Mm -hmm. nutrition as a whole is one of these biggest root causes that is, well, nutrition itself is one of the, one of the biggest reasons, but one of the biggest things that we got wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've been grossly simplifying the way that we look at nutrition. So very really helps people to improve their health by, by helping them understand the right and the wrong foods for their bodies taking yeah. into consideration as well the whole context of where you are consuming that given food so mm. um, things like exercise and sleep and whatnot yeah yeah I think it's super interesting and I, and I couldn't agree more with what you said about about nutrition and my belief is that as a human race in well in the western world um, we have lost the ability to understand just how important food and nutrition is uh, and how it's fundamental to our long-term health and longevity, essentially. Um, and it's interesting when you start to talk to people about that, because it's almost like, I find that it's almost like people don't want to believe it because it's like, it's food, it's too simple, right? Well, how, how can food possibly help us help, you know, for our health? And I always like to use the analogy of a, of a car. And it's like, you wouldn't put diesel in a petrol car. But it's effectively what we're doing right now in the Western world with our highly processed foods, our very carb rich diet 
we're effectively putting diesel in our bodies right and, and i think you know the, the tool that you've developed um is super is super interesting so before we go off down down the road of how very um monitors our blood glucose and stuff what i wanted to dig into is is really for the audience more than anything is to kind of get the basic fundamentals and understanding of you know blood glucose sugar because the general message that's fed out is that sugar's bad avoid sugar right but it's but and that's right to a point but but the body needs all of the bad stuff that we give it give it um maybe just not in the forms we give it or in the quantities we give it right so mm-hmm. it'd be good for the audience to understand the importance of the food and how it relates to sugars and blood glucose yeah absolutely so uh, well if we, if we start with like <laughs> metabolism 101 so to yeah say, right you know glucose is is the main energy source for the modern human right so yeah. the modern human mainly runs on glucose mm-hmm. basically most like like the biggest contributor to that is agriculture right you know, most of our energy production comes from uh, from uh, from 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 carbohydrates, the source of carbohydrates and proteins. So carbohydrates and proteins are basically in the body. They are basically uh, put into these uh, these glucose mo- molecules, and these these are then you know transferred to different um, to different like muscles and 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 different parts of parts of our bodies, um, which then turn into energy production mm-hmm. in that given place. Um, it can be stored. It can be can be used immediately. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, obviously, we as well like have fats. Fats are as well. Fats are as well used in the human body as energy as an energy source. Um, so why glucose? Well, this is this is the this is the thing. So as as said, like modern human runs on glucose, and right now we have these two different systems in the human body. One that is able to form uh, from true fat production form energy and one that uses mainly only glucose glucose molecules to produce energy right yeah. so right now well there isn't like uh there isn't necessarily like this should be 50 50 but no. right now like 90 to 10 is a bit like <laughs> yeah. over kind of like ruining the engine so to say yeah. so right now the modern human is basically constantly causing this elevation in our glucose levels with eating the foods that we're eating right Mm -hmm. and this this is problem because when you constantly rue that same engine the engine gets worn out it gets worn out quicker than it should be get got get worn out right yeah so what happens is that you constantly elevate your glucose levels which means that insulin levels have to follow insulin is then an um, hormone that has two different functions well multiple but two are significant here yeah one is to get glucose levels when glucose levels go up get glucose levels back to homeostasis that is considered like a normal like a steady state a normal state um another one is to it it promotes as well fat storage so right. this is what turns out to be a significant issue in the in the modern society when or in the modern human, when these glucose levels are constantly elevated, our insulin levels have to follow. And when our insulin levels have to follow constantly, because we eat three to five times a day, high excessive amount of carbohydrates, we 
our insulin levels are constantly elevated, right? Which then promotes fat storage in the human body, mm-hmm. right? Um, and this is the this is what is called the formulation of insulin resistance. Right. So what starts happening is that when our insulin levels are constantly going up, our body becomes dampened to the insulin mm-hmm. and can't anymore take it in. So right. what starts happening is that the insulin levels are up, promoting fat storage in the body, even though you would be maybe even eating minus calories. Yeah. You're, 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 you're promoting this fat storage in, in, in your body. And the problem starts when insulin can't anymore help that glucose or ATP that glucose is converted to enter different cells, uh, different cells in our body. Yeah. For example, our brain type two, type three, uh, Alzheimer's is called type three diabetes these days because it's the lack of energy able to, able to uh, reach your brain essentially. Mm -hmm. Right. So your, your brain is insulin resistant. Wow. It becomes insulin resistant. So insulin resistant is really like linkable to a lot of these different things. Uh, this di- di- different like dysfunctions, non-communicable lifestyle related diseases, yeah. uh, actually. So, so this is, this is why glucose monitoring is so important is really important for us to understand when we give a certain fuel to our body, you know, mm-hmm. um, there was that like closer to diesel or, or, or gasoline, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> we need to know the, how, how close to gasoline that is, if, right. assuming we're, we're in a, we, we are in a, you know, like a gasoline car. Um, so we need to understand that. And by monitoring your glucose levels, testing out different foods, just like living your regular life, we're able to kind of like show you, yeah show you how you're reacting to different uh different different meals and as well not just that but take as well into consideration things like sleep and exercise yeah and under the influence of street uh, lack of sleep or lack of exercise we can as well help you see that these things change mm. and i'm happy to talk about some of these things that we've seen some of the latest things on on the science side of of, of sleep, how sleep and exercise is actually linked to glucose responses. But that is, um, that is why monitoring and measuring glucose is so, so relevant and so important because yeah. most of the, most of the modern society is somewhat at some level insulin resistant. Yeah. yeah. And we have a huge work to become more and more insulin sensitive, like, um, you know, uh, going forward Yeah, to be definitely. precise that number of insulin resistance is actually uh, estimated in the U.S. being around 50% wow. of the adult population. That's um, crazy. It, it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw some stats recently that globally, we now have uh, over 450 million people are type 2 diabetes and 350 million are pre-diabetic. So, you know, their insulin keeps spiking outside of its normal levels, which is that's just scary not almost a billion people right if we want to round it up okay um which is a a large percentage of the population but so in terms of i mean that was that was a great explanation in regards of in regards of the uh the pre-diabetic people yeah right like there's interesting interesting stuff as well that 
most most people like me interesting statistics in in the sense that most people don't know that they're insulin insulin right. uh, in, uh sorry that they're they are pre-diabetic right so most people live without knowing that yeah. and that's you know um scary yeah and and that was actually good that's a lead on to the the, the next question i was going to ask you because obviously having this very carb rich heavy diet that we have and eating as regular as we do um what generally are the symptoms because i think a lot of people have the symptoms and they're just not aware because they're not introspective enough so generally when we're doing this we're spiking insulin and then the insulin dips what are the general feelings or or kind of reactions that people have to kind of continually doing this with their glucose yeah that's that's a great question um so something i think when you when you think about health i think it's always like a short-term mid-term and a long-term impact that you're causing causing your body and with with the with with kind of like the kind of um the kind of uh how we how we eat and how we what's our like food behavior like in in the modern times i think that the the short-term impact is things like a lot of people see cravings so like having like huge amount like amount like huge amount of cravings in the sense that they can't really like control their eating yeah i think that like resonates with a lot of people imagine or think about think about when you have like something that is like very carb heavy say for example like some simple noodles Mm -hmm. and uh after that you have like a i don't know like a you have simple noodles and an orange juice yeah and after that you do like uh some kind of a dessert with say i don't know like candy or stuff like that you yeah know, uh with very like low fat you'll be hungry pretty quickly after that yeah and the interesting thing about that is that you can actually see a pattern in, in your glucose levels right. so very often you see a very sharp spike and after that you see like uh, you see a dip in your glucose mm. after that. There was actually a study done in King's College, I think, in Predict Two, where they looked at uh, how do how are food cravings um, present in mm. in in how our glucose behaves and those postprandial glucose crashes that you know they are called yeah. are basically times where we start secreting. Uh, we start secreting like hunger producing hormones Mm -hmm. so our body is like hey our glucose is low give us more yeah because that's the thing you know when our when our glucose is low our body is basically signaling us that get it back to homeostasis yeah yeah and and then and then there's the the other element to that as well isn't there particularly with high sugary carb rich foods is the is the like the dopamine and the serotonin that all gets kicked off as well isn't it it's like the reward centers of the brain it's like that smells good that looks good that tastes good i want more of it right because that makes me feel good for that small period of time so um yeah i think that that, that's a really interesting side of it as well so yeah yeah, i mean that in addition to and it's sorry sorry sorry, go go for it uh darren I, i i wanted to i wanted to add there uh since you asked um because there's so many more more other things as well. One other thing that I think a lot of people struggle with uh, is brain fog. Yes. Um, yeah. Like after lunch, brain fog, right? Because 
a lot of people especially do like long fasts or eat like very small breakfast and then mm-hmm. they have a huge amount of food you mm-hmm. know during one of the period like the periods that you should be the most amped and yeah. they will then see this kind of like a crash in energy levels after you know having like a huge carb heavy lunch so mm-hmm. that is as well something that can be can be somewhat contributed contributed to glucose um levels really changing rapidly um so that's as well something that in short term i think a lot of people a lot of people those are things that a lot of people see and experience yeah then like more on a more like you know medium medium or or long term then of course you know the level of like insulin resistance just kind of like growing in your body because mm. it's not like a state state of like it's on or it's off it's a gradient yeah. and yeah. you're constantly you know working well ho- hopefully you're working yourself on the on the better side of that gradient but yeah. unfortunately right now how we eat how humans eat we're we're kind of like pushing ourselves to the other extreme side of that quicker mm. and quicker and that is then causing us trouble like issues like like obesity right like having like gaining weight but after that you know things like things like even even like alzheimer's to some some extent can mm. can be contributed type 2 diabetes obviously can be contributed um but a lot of fatty liver disease like a lot of different problems are so so interconnected with with uh with 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 insulin resistance even infertility yeah yeah i mean it, yeah i mean in, insulin resistance is a, is a huge issue and, and you know there's there's many different areas which kind of contribute to that and i think what's interesting you mentioned there about is about obesity and that is i i still feel and i may be incorrect in saying this but there's this general misconception that obesity is caused by overeating i don't believe it is i think it's caused by consuming the wrong types of foods the highly processed foods and that the carb rich heavy foods that we've spoken about and i think that's why what you guys are doing at very i think it's so interesting because you know this sounds a bit of a cliche and i've been ridiculed for saying this before but we are all individuals right and and there isn't no one size fits all you know in terms of how your body reacts and copes with certain foods that we give it um and obviously i've got a, a, one of your your sensors on and I, like i said to you before we started recording Perfect. i've become a bit obsessed with it and scanning myself after i've trained after i've had a coffee you know all these kinds of experiments that, that are going on so for the for the listeners then can we just kind of start to delve into you know why um continual blood glucose monitoring is important and relevant um because it's been around for ages right type one diabetics have had these things like you said for years and years and years but it's why do you think it's becoming more mainstream now that's a that's a that's a great question i think that i think one is like more of like a technic technological question yeah uh which is that they've been around for ages but just recently we've been able to bring the data using nfc technology to your mobile phone so this is basically near field communication so you paying with apple pay or with with google's uh google pay um equivalent to to apple pay on the store uses nfc technology so very the sensor we use that is an abbott freestyle libre sensor 
the Abbott sensor uh, is read by that NFC protocol. Right. So that was that became available very recently. So okay. that's as well like one reason why uh, we at Very are able to do what we are doing, right? Mm. To read the sensor and get the sensor to um, your mobile device. Before yeah. that, the sensor technology did exist, but there was a different reader to do that. But in order for us to push this for people like yourself, who yeah. you know, who we are trying to help understand how are the foods that you're eating contributing to your metabolic health? Yeah, it's a bit of a too friction less friction. Um, it has too friction much friction. The kind of product that you would have to have a separate reader to read the sensor and carry yeah. that around. So. So I think that's uh, that's one of the one of the reasons why this is possible and why this is something that is so relevant right now. But then, you know, uh, in addition to that, it's I think things have just got worse very, very quickly. I think that there's like uh, this overall like awareness of health where I think. Every, like a lot of people have become very health aware and health conscious where yep. i think that our 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 um our kind of like trust towards well a lot of industries but 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 unfortunately as well like the health industry is just yep. you know kind of like lowering and we feel responsible of hey like no one is going to take care of me I will as yeah. well. I will. I. I. I might as well take care of myself. Yeah. And I think that we're seeing this in the, in like people using the like Apple Watch. We're seeing people using Aura. People are really, uh, really curious and conscious yeah. about their own health, and it's about time that we start tackling one of the biggest things in the health realm which is what you put into your mouth because what you put (laughs) into your mouth it what what converts into you you know that's literally food is turned into new cells uh, or Mm. that like is powered by that energy right so we need to be we need to become and i'm happy that we are in the stage where we are becoming more and more aware of what we uh, more and more aware of what we what we what we eat right but it's just starting to become such a huge problem or it's starting to manifest where we are seeing that we've we've done this like very much wrong mm. you know there is an interesting interesting like a big study in in this space uh, conducted in 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 university of north carolina uh, chapel hill right where they showed that 88% of the us population can be considered metabolically unhealthy and this is 288 million that's crazy. Um, people in the United States alone, right? Yeah. So, you know, obesity levels as well, the same thing. Uh, it's, I think it's, in America, there's 20, 74% of the people are overweight or obese. Mm-hmm. And in, 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 in China, it's 50%. In India, it's 40%. Right. You know? um, and the numbers are just like staggering as well. Mm. What then like happens on the, on the kind of like the 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 worst possible outcome where we've not been able to really like tackle these things mm. at an earlier stage where where a lot of people um actually by like looking at statistics like <clears throat> every two seconds 
someone in the world is diagnosed with diabetes every two seconds. That's crazy. Can you imagine that? So it's just, I think we've like grossly been looking at this from a really like simple point of view where yeah. we've been looking at, let's treat the, treat the symptom and not, mm-hmm. let's not really look at the cause. Yeah. And that's, you know, what very is focused on mainly looking at the cause and really yeah. trying to help people form those good habits by this, you know, like by a combination of the different things of just like seeing your own data and us providing you the insights when we have a lot of that data, when we then can start giving you recommendations and insights of like how and what kind of food choices should you make in your day-to-day life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so key that you said that around our approach to health. And, you know, I think that, you know, particularly here in the UK, we definitely follow the model that, um, it's, it's our health service that's responsible for our health and that, you know, health is something that you fix. Health is not something you fix. Health is something that's every day, right? It's, it's something yeah. that really should be intrinsic as part of you as to, you know, making that conscious, making those conscious decisions as to how you're going to manage your health on a daily basis. Because the, 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 the kind of the net result of this is that once you lose your health, in large majority of the cases, that's not coming back, right? You know, it's very extreme. I think the the biggest exception to the rule is what we've been talking about here today, and that's type two. You know, we all know that type two diabetes is without question lifestyle a lifestyle illness. It's, yeah. it's based on the decisions and choices that you've made around food. Um, and I think what what's really cool, like you said, with Very and and the app is very intuitive. By the way, you know, it's it's really it, it, it kind of, I don't know whether you would agree with this, but it, it kind of almost is a bit of gamification in there. I mean, I've only been using it for like the last three days and it's like, right, I can scan, right, I'm going to put my meals in. It gives me little timestamps as to what I've had and when. It gives me cool little icons on there. So I know I had a spike then and I had a coffee or I got up and I could see that my insulin started to raise. And I know personally that's cortisol kicking in when you first wake up in the morning so that creates an insulin response um and it's just it's i think it it then becomes and i think this is the key for for the adoption of it is the gamification of it it's almost like you want to continue looking at and and then it's like okay so what can i now do to kind of make this more um consistent in terms of my my blood sugar levels so for, for for the listeners that maybe haven't come across the app and stuff can we dig into how the app's constructed and all that kind of stuff yeah absolutely i can actually talk a bit about the sensor as well because most likely not a lot of people have even like uh, come across the sensor but the sensor is a wearable sensor that sticks in the back of your arm for two 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 weeks at a time so it's very easy to apply um five 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 minutes uh i would say maybe first time 10 but uh, the next time like (laughs) three to five minutes you can apply the sensor easily at very you can get access to the sensor on our website so how the how the product actually works or we use as we are a subscription subscription based based company so we basically ship you two or one sensors a month or then Mm -hmm. optionally a quarter as well yeah um 
and uh, give you access to these sensors. And with, uh, with, with the sensor itself, uh, the sensor reads your glucose levels uh, from intrastial fluid. So it, it's minimally invasive. It has a, like a minimally invasive filament that mm -hmm. basically um, has a natural reaction in the, in the end of the filament. And every single, every five minutes, reads your glucose levels and send it, send it to your mobile phone during a scan. So when you scan the sensor, you place the mobile phone on top of the sensor it gives you eight hours of past data. So you don't have to be scanning constantly to get data, but you, you can scan like in minimum, you can scan uh, three times a day. Yeah. Um, and that's the glucose part. So right. glucose is then translated to this mobile device um, and the mobile device in the very app we are able, you're able to basically see your glucose levels in real time, mm -hmm. see how in real time you're reacting to different things. So a bit of a like ad hoc things, things like meetings and the stressful meetings have a cortisol spike, you'll see a spike, things like, um, you know, like uh, sleep and exercise and the rest of the stuff, you're, you're able to kind of like correlate those things with the data. But the, the, the really, the, the gist comes from, adding different meals so in mm -hmm. the app we basically provide you ways of like adding very frictionlessly meals uh, of what you're eating so with taking a photo you can you can take a photo of your meal and um and with uh, with with that photo you can save that photo add like some sort of a something to recognize that given yeah. meal it's reads automatically different tags so it automatically interprets that if you're having like pasta bolognese or pasta you know meatball pasta it it populates those tags it says pasta and meatballs yeah um and through those then when you say that um say that you can you can then like explore how you're reacting to different forms of carbohydrates for example you can compare things like pasta and rice and and the rest of the rest of the stuff right um in addition to that um the app has tons of content so mm -hmm. we've created tons of content to the app that basically helps users understand things to look out for things to understand about metabolic health space um obviously we populate content as well on our website it's not it's a it's a new new beginnings for a lot of people <laughs> uh, metabolic yeah. health is a very new term a lot of people don't have a clue what that means so we really like try to provide people insights and content and even like in sometimes contextual content so when something happens say for example a spike yeah we send you a message hey you had just had your first spike you know reflect on what happened and and so on right um and very uh is the application itself talks with apple health okay. what i mean what i mean by talks is that if you have an apple watch or an aura you can basically import your 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 uh, exercise and, and activity and, and sleep data to the app. And in the app, then in different meals, we as well like take those things into consideration. So we have a feature that is called lifestyle levers. And lifestyle levers stands for understanding the context that you're even eating a given meal. Yeah. So for example, eating uh, eating Again, I'll use the same example, spaghetti bolognese, so spaghetti meatballs. Yeah. Eating that 
when you've slept three hours versus when you've slept 10 hours might have a pretty significant difference yeah. on how your glucose response responses. So we try and give users the insights of, hey, now you slept really poorly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that's why you're reacting like this. So, you know, reflect, take something back from this when you're asleep, when you don't sleep that much you yeah. should most likely go for something that is a bit more uh, metabolically uh, healthier and metabolically friendly, friendlier, mm. so to say, to, to, to you. Um, and then there is a very simple, every single meal is scored from one to 10. Right. So we try and help users understand without understanding how the graphs moves, move and so, so on and so forth. We try and help the users understand every single meal is scored from one to 10 this is 10, this is four, this is six, just to kind of like rank in their minds of like, yeah. what should I be going after and what I shouldn't necessarily be going after that much. And, um, and then in, uh, uh, still um, worthwhile mentioning, there's a uh, one simple score that we call the metabolic flow score, yeah. which is a score that throughout the day changes based on your glucose patterns. So, mm. you know, when you do, you start up, you start the morning strong, you know, you have a, <clears throat> you have a, you have an oatmeal with peanut butter, like on the, on the side um, and uh, with full fat milk, you know, you, you mm. have that, you have that meal, you have a steady, no, no spike. You do sushi for lunch, which is actually <laughs> like our worst performing tag ever yeah. in the history of like all of our data. You have, you have sushi for lunch and you have a huge spike, you know, you'll crash from your morning was like a 90. This, this score is from a a zero to a hundred. Your score is a 90 um, before the sushi and after the sushi, then, you know, you start seeing like very unstable glucose levels. So your score drops down to 60, uh, Mm -hmm. for example. Right. So here, you know, it's like 90 to 60. We want you to finish strong at the end of the day to 90. So, you know, we, we then, we kind of like try and push you to make those better decisions than on your yeah. next meals or, you know, do a, do a workout or, or something, something that stabilizes your glucose levels. Cause the key of this whole space and the key in, in, in a person that is, that is healthy and doesn't yet have diabetes type two diabetes and isn't like yet like, two insulin resistance why i say two is that all of us are insulin resistant to some like yeah. to, like somewhat but it's 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 uh it's a scale so someone that is healthy the core metric to go after is not necessarily like how high your glucose levels like absolutely are that is as well like very important but especially with tools like the continuous glucose monitors it's about how stable your glucose levels are like over time so understanding the trends of your glucose levels throughout throughout days is going to be really key because that is telling a lot about your daily choices and how those daily choices are then contributing to on a longer like time scale how high your glucose levels then go up you know Mm. or low yeah yeah and and it's super interesting right you know just to to make it really simple so for example last night i had um salmon some vegetables and sweet potato and i don't think i've ever noticed this before but i scanned myself afterwards and i had a huge spike 
And the only thing that I can relate that to is the sweet potato, right? But we yeah. are told that sweet potato is good. It's carbohydrates. It's, you know, um, complex carbohydrates so that, you know, it doesn't spike us. But for me, I had a huge spike. Now that could mean that could also be because at like two hours before I'd, I'd been in a sauna. So there's, there's so many different factors in there, which is what I like about how you guys have brought it all together, because we're talking here today about food uh, and obviously metabolic health, but it's not just food. Like you said as well, it could be a stressful meeting, right? It could be poor night's sleep, the, the, yeah. the kind of spike. So kind of bringing that all together, it's very much giving you a holistic view of your health. And like I said, you know, you can make these little changes to kind of you know flatten out because that's ultimately where we're trying to get to isn't it? we're trying to flatten that curve right we're trying to keep that yeah. as stable as we can um yeah. but yeah no I, I think it's 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 fascinating stuff so um so for people that haven't kind of tried it before and feel like trying it what's the best place for them to go to kind of check it out yeah the well our our uh our website is a good good place to yep. good place to obviously uh, look into look into it as well. I we have a newsletter like email list as well. If you kind of like want to learn a bit more about mm -hmm. it, you can join that on the website. Um, I think I think that should be should be still up. Um, but very.co uh, is the URL, um, and uh, you know in our blog obviously there's quite a lot of content there. For yeah. you to kind of like understand more and more about about this space one place as well that i that i suggest you joining um is uh, our community so yeah. we have a 2.5 thousand people strong community of people that are using the product and talking about it and that okay. space is um uh, that's that's a space is open so in our website you'll find a community and right. you can join some of the channels and see some of the discussions that the users are having so there's a lot of interesting, interesting, cool stuff there. And a lot of um, groups even doing certain like experiments together and yeah. looking at their, looking at their cross-referencing their data and so on. So um, amazing, amazing people um, yeah. on, on that, on that uh, channel. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, yeah. Check out very.co. And then, uh, yeah, the one thing that I wanted to say actually, which, um, you mentioned earlier on and that was the data that you provide in the app i think that's really important because you know just for example i was standing waiting for an appointment today and i can't remember what came up on the app now but then i just clicked into more detail and it's really clear precise and succinct information i'm not an, a medical trained expert but it's really easily to understand it's like oh that happened uh, and this is the reason right and i think you've also got on the home page of the app when you first sign up you've got some like recommended reading and they're yeah. really small short articles which i think um yeah are really uh, valuable so I, I would recommend people listening go out and check very.co and uh, sign up just get yourself a, a sensor and you, you will be truly fascinated and look the, 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 at the end of the day if you're listening to this you're going to be concerned about your health and this is one of the the key factors to ensure you know long-term health and longevity absolutely so anthony thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today i really appreciate it um what are your socials by the way has very got socials that we can go and check out as well yeah yeah we are at uh, instagram at at very stable 
So right. at very stable. Um, Twitter as well, at very cool. stable. Um, the same. Um, and then the URL, very.co. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. And I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thanks so much. And happy. I'm I'm glad that you you've liked the you've liked the content, you've liked the product, you've liked the app. Uh, Thank you a lot for for all of the um, for having me and and for all of the nice feedback. No worries. That's yeah. Yeah. So I look forward to seeing how the product develops, actually. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're just getting started. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Thanks for listening to the Fitter Healthier Dad podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please hit subscribe. And I would really appreciate if you could leave a review on iTunes. All the links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes. And a full transcription is over at fitterhealthierdad.com.